0: The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Season 1, Episode 1. Welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host, and this is the show. And we're back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. One full week off, and we are right back in the mix with brand new MCU content. Towards the end of WandaVision, I was looking forward to a week off. But, but I'm going to be honest. I had to force myself late last week to stay away from the mic. I wanted so badly to come on here and theorize and speculate about, you know, you know just fanboy out in anticipation of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It wasn't easy, but I made myself take a break. And honestly, I'm glad that I did because now I am reinvigorated. I'm fired up to jump back in with both feet. I don't know if you caught some of my earlier episodes before the WandaVision breakdown episodes, but I talked a lot about how pumped I was for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. How this was the series that I was originally most looking forward to. And I've spoken time and time again about my love for the Captain America films and and how I believe, you know, they're the absolute best. It's the best trilogy of the entire MCU you got to love the russo brothers. And here we are, you know, we're we're finally here. The series has been unleashed. It is time. And I have a great guest with me today to help me recap and review episode number 1. Today, my friends, I'm talking to Chris Phelps. Now, if you don't know Chris, let me tell you a little bit about him. Chris Phelps is one half Of the podcast duo. Behind Comics in Motion. Where he and his co-host Dave. Break down movies. Based on movies and TV series. Based on comic books. And they also host. The VHS Strikes Back. Where they break down movies. You know from the 70's 80's 90's. The VHS era. And then together they also have. Chris and Dave's reality cast. Where they talk about. Reality TV so. He has recently kind of fallen in love with the Captain America trilogy, and so I thought he'd be a great guest for this first episode. So let's not waste any more time. Chris Phelps, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Chris, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for being on.
1: Oh no problem, mate. I cannot wait to talk about this. It's uh, yeah, it's an honest Amazon, Brett. As well, thank you because I know you've listened to us for a while, and uh, it's it's just write that icon to your show so thanks for having me on mate i'm really looking forward to this
0: yeah man no problem i um I actually i was thinking about it and it's been a while since you and i you and i have actually spoken i think yeah. the last time was was it i mean was it already a couple years ago when uh <laughs> when you and dave had me on the the vhs strike back when i was on i think we did conan the barbarian because it
1: was an arnold movie <sighs> Uh, yeah, we knew we were chatting about Arnie, weren't we? Our love of the great man. Mhm. Yeah, so um well today we're going to be
0: talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um I know that you kind of have more recently you know fallen in love with this Captain America series. I've heard you talk about it on the Comics in Motion podcast though. You know, you just didn't really quite fall fall in love with it at first, but recently and going back over these comic book these comic book uh, based films, you've kind of realized how good the captain America trilogy is.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I, I think for me watching end game, and I know it all started with Tony Stark, the MCU pretty much give or take, you know, I know the Hulk movie supposed to be within Canon and stuff that, you know, but they never really talk about that, but the Iron Man it started and ended with him saying, I am Iron Man, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. it was Dave who'd got me onto it, Brett. He just said to me, like, it's one of my favourite trilogies. And I'd watched them, but I'd never paid much attention They were great, solid films. But over my shoulder now, Brett, he's becoming one of my favourite superheroes. Like Chris Evans' portrayal, I've got a, a Xbox uh, One controller holder, and it's Captain America with his shield holding my control pad up. I've got lights, Captain America now, and everything in my my man cave. So I just love... dynamic of it and i think because it's it doesn't sway away far from the avengers type things but it's they all team up and these loads of action this for me is is the falcon winter soldier leading on from captain america is exactly what i love in a show a movie it's just so good and i love the story arc of chris evans
0: yeah I, i this is one of the series that i've most been looking forward to just because I'm such a fan of the trilogy. I've talked about it on my podcast over and over about how I consider it the best trilogy of of the entire MCU. Like as a whole, you can't beat it. The, The other films, you know, they might have a really great one and then the next one might be kind of a miss. But the Captain America films, I feel like all three of them are just fantastic. And that's I mean, that's the Russo brothers, right? I mean, they just did so well
1: writing and directing those films. Oh, without without a doubt. I totally agree. And I think maybe because it's more boots on the ground, the Captain America trilogy, and, and obviously yeah, yeah. there is su- superheroes, but it's all like that daredevil type thing where it's on the ground fighting realistic, more realistic than obviously say four. And I love the original four, four, you know, four Ragnarok's one of my favorites as well, but, but totally mm-hmm. different ends at the MCU. And maybe that's why, and I think we can relate to World War II as well, you know. Like, you know, hearing that from my grandparents and things like that. It's like, obviously, I'm in the UK, but there was plenty of stories of my granddad going over to India and fighting over there, and just listening to the struggles they had. So I think it's nice you get that little bit of a plot with the Winter Soldier, especially because he, you know, he, in 90 years he was basically a bad guy. So I think this, and I did like Wonder Brett I really did. The first two episodes I struggled with. I thought this is it's too long. This sort of bewitched. I dream a genie thing, but yeah. I thought that should have been one episode, and I'll, I'll always stand by that. But I do think the rest of the series was fantastic, but but this straight away is is by far my sort of wheelhouse, and and honestly, we're doing it, we're covering it over on the comics emotion. We've, we've done a, a review of it, so I was like oh, doing two episodes of this this weekend, and it's made me watch it again before I came on today's show. So there's it, always a silver lining there, Brett.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same as you. I like the more grounded stories as much as I love the, the fantastic and the, the, the space bound stories. Um, these real grounded earth, you know, human stories appeal to me a little bit more. And, and I just, I love them. I'm the same way with like, I've always been a big X-Men fan. And, um, you know, when they venture into space, uh, I'm not such a big fan, but when they're here fighting other villains on earth, you know, in a world that that I'm familiar with, I just, I don't know, you you could, I know it's silly, but you kind of relate to it more, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, of course you do, of course you do, I mean look, Wolverine's one of my favorites, without mm-hmm. a doubt, my, my favorite superhero Superman, I know that's, you know, it, for me, he'll always be my favorite. Then you've got Batman, the Hulk, and then probably Wolverine, Them my top four. Superman ahead of all of them, but then them four definitely, and then followed by Spider-Man. So I think you're right, that more grounded feel to it. I, and you're right, it just appeals to you more. It's more relatable. I think if you, go, if you think too much of it, you'd be like, oh, these characters are ridiculous the way they've got the powers. However... It's also thinking, well, gamma rays turn Bruce Banner into the Hulk. You know, that could happen to somebody in real life. You know, I think I grew up right. thinking that sort of thing could happen. Like Spider-Man could get bitten by a super spider, you know, and, and he becomes a human form of a spider. All stuff I grew up believing, Brett, right? you know, thinking, well, that could actually happen. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah, sure. totally on board with that.
0: Okay, so so what I what I'm gonna do here is just kind of go through uh, a fairly long synopsis, but feel free to jump in anytime yeah. uh, because I will get rambling. and um, and then, you know, there's also some questions along the way, but, yeah, let's hop in. All right. So we start off right at the beginning of this. Sam is ironing clothes, right? He's preparing to go somewhere. He puts the Captain America shield into a bag. And we get that kind of voiceover. He's remembering the conversation with old man Cap from Endgame, right? And, and Captain's, Captain America says, how's it feel? Sam says, like it's someone else's. And Cap says, well, it isn't. You know? So uh, what what'd you make of that? The the immediate callback to Endgame?
1: I, I think it... I love all that. I love them little Easter eggs. The fact that they, they're they carrying on the continuity of that. And, and Chris Evans will always be my Captain America, without a doubt. Mm. I like the fact yeah. that at the end of Endgame, when he gets past Shield by Old Man Cap and he's sat there talking, he doesn't feel worthy then. And six months, this, yeah. is, this is supposed to be six months later, he still feels right. exactly the same. It feels like it's a noose around his neck, like a... Like you say, he's not worthy. He is not worthy, and that's why he's giving it up. And I think you're right. The fact that he's ironing his clothes, he's doing some human stuff, Sam, and and, and then he does this, like, sort of speech and talking to people, it's really mm-hmm. good. It's really nice. It sets the tone for the series, and I think Anthony Mackie is a great actor anyway. So so I think with him and Sebastian Stan leading this, it, it starts really strong, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I like how immediately it kind of feels like one of the captain America movies, right? Because in the very next scene we get after he's ironing these clothes, it jumps right to Sam is being briefed in a, in a jet, right? Yeah. on his way to a mission, right? He He's a, he's supposed to engage this group called the LAF. They're, they're targeting this U S military liaison and, you know, Sam, Sam's job is to intercept the LAF before they can hijack this plane. And, uh, yeah, it just it feels just like the Cap trilogy, like it feels like we're in the same world and they even do some callbacks where, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier started in the same way. It's like uh, Cap being briefed on a plane and then he nonchalantly kind of jumps out of the plane. Right. Yeah. Very same. It's it's like the same beginning. And I just loved it. it I love that they're paying so much homage to what it comes from, you know? And it's, I feel like it's a way of easing us into this new Captain America, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And and I think what's interesting is GSP is the bad guy, George St-Pierre, who was yeah. pro- probably the greatest welterweight champion ever in the UFC. And he was in Winter Soldier as well. He he was called George, George, hey, Bal, Bal, Balric or something in this, but same character mm-hmm. from, Fought Captain America, he's got sort of superhuman martial artists, a brilliant set piece. And then, obviously, we get the fight on the planes and stuff, which is great, Brett. Like, he, he opens the door, he sees them there. The Pilots already spotted, is there someone there? And, and they're terrorizing and sort of torturing somebody. And then we get this whole plane scene where it, and helicopters where he's just hopping between them all while they're chasing him and killing people. It's a brilliant start, and I agree with you. This doesn't skip a beat. It doesn't feel as if you need the world explaining. You know that it's within the Captain America world, and it just carries Mm -hmm. on that same great, fluid martial arts sort of fighting style that's going on. And it just, and it is, uh, it's really interesting because it felt a little bit like Transformers Three to me, where they were coming down in squirrel suits and that. You know, at the end of in Transformers Three, this one scene where they have to infiltrate I think it's Chicago because the Decepticons have got this the city on mm-hmm. lockdown and they come yeah. in you know Tyrese and stuff and, and they come in and do and I'd never seen that before in a film and I'm not saying that they're trying to pay homage to because it Transformers 3 wasn't exactly a great movie as such, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd never seen, so seeing that and then seeing how they do it and they do it better in this obviously, the, the fighting is brilliant so yeah, it starts great and obviously Sam's got the whole thing worrying about the Libyan border, you know, he's got Juan Torres who's telling him, you know, you can't go any further and just as he's going to go over the border and they can't get him, he captures, you know, the soldier sort of thing it, well, rescues the soldiers, sorry, but yeah really, really good
0: the fact that they use George St. Pierre again, and they just, it, they seamlessly kind of made this very derivative of the winter soldier movie. And even though we're dealing with different characters at this point, um, it, 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 it felt so much like that film at the beginning. Um, it, it's definitely trying to, I don't know. It, it's trying to make sure that we know, Hey, we are in the, the captain America universe. We know, Chris Evans isn't here Um, and Tony Stark's not going to be showing up, but this is the same world. And you're right, man. I thought that that the action in the beginning of this was fantastic. I don't know. Just, just this whole beginning. It was so action packed. We immediately, you know, he takes care of the bad guys and now we're kind of wrapping things up. They're, they're having this, uh, what do you call like an after action little meeting at a little cafe there and we get the introduction to Torres and it seems like Torres is going to be a uh, pretty prominent character in this series Um, oh by the way what what do you like in terms of best Captain America movie would you say the Winter Soldier is that movie for you or, or would you go
1: Civil War I would probably say Winter Soldier because Civil War is pretty much the Avengers bar four and the Hulk. You know, it's a great movie. We get the introduction of Spider-Man. It's a great movie. I love it. I mean, Dave, were talking about this. We are going to have to review it. We haven't done it yet on the Comics in Motion. I really like Civil War, but I think Winter Soldier for me is, is the pinnacle of Chris Evans, the whole uh, Steve Rogers story. I, I think that's a great movie.
0: All right, so moving forward, we get we get the, the actual sit-down with Torres. We're, we're kind of getting the, the proper introduction to him. And uh, he tells Sam about this group called the Flag Smashers. And clearly, this is going to be a, a, a big part of the series. Um, the Flag Smashers are a group of terrorists who kind of preferred the world the way it was during the blip. They're, they're fundamentalists, right? It's fundamentalism at its finest. And this is kind of a trope for terrorists in general, right? You know, trying to make the world the way it used to be. We get the introduction to the flag smashers. And then, um, as soon as they're kind of described, then we're, we're back in Washington, Sam is making his, his beautiful public speech that you talked about earlier, and he's decided not to take up the mantle. You know, he, as you said, he, he feels unworthy still. This is what, six months later. And he still doesn't feel like he's, he's really right for taking up this mantle. He gives the shield to the Captain America Museum, and then we get a surprise roadie appearance. I wasn't expecting to see uh Don Cheadle show up, but there he is right and him and him and Sam have this little heart to heart, and he kind of asks Sam, you know they put it right out there why why isn't he taking up the mantle and uh you know he goes he goes back to that uh that conversation he had with Captain America where he said. It doesn't feel like it's his, you know, it feels like it belongs to someone else. So still feeling really unworthy. And I feel like this whole conversation here, it's kind of one of those meta things. It's kind of like referring to itself, referring to the audience. And I kind of feel like it's a, it's a little commentary, right, uh, to the audience watching this show. It's like validating that feeling of not being unsure of, of The changing of the guard right like you know people are so used to having chris evans and steve rogers as captain america and i think i feel like the creators of the show are kind of trying to say like we get it we're we're there with you these are big shoes to fill and we we feel the same way you do you know kind of easing us into this whole transition what do you think
1: no i think you're right because they're going to have to sell it to everybody over so many films, aren't they? You know, I don't think necessarily we might do at the end of this, but I don't necessarily think by the end of this six part run that he's going to be, he will be convinced that he's Captain America. I think that's going to grow organically over some of the movies down the line when, you know, he comes into it, the Falcon and he is Captain America. I think that's just going to keep growing. And that'd be better for him as a character for Anthony Mackie as well, because he's going to be at the forefront of the, the next phase of the MCU. And that's what I'm really excited about, how they're going to do this. I really am. And, and I, I think you're right. The, the stuff with Don Cheat, I wasn't expecting Brody to be in it at all. Obviously, we know Tony's not alive at this point. He, you know, he died at the end of Endgame. Brody was his friend, but he still works for the government like Sam does. They're both together. I think what I like about this as well, Brett, is, is like we actually get some proper flesh on Sam's character on on his personality, his his family life you know we get some real meat on there about like who he is where he's from um Mm -hmm. some of the family politics we get onto later i think i like that a lot because sam in winter soldier yeah he was great he meets steve we get the only on the left thing and all that and and, which is brilliant Uh, but he's always like steve's right hand man in it or left hand man as you say on the left Uh, but what but This is really, really good for him and his character for the audience to understand who he is. He isn't just a superhero, but sort of backup to the main players. Now that Captain America and Iron Man are out of the game, two, three more have got to step into their shoes because they were like the forefront of like fighting Thanos and everything.
0: Yeah, you're right. As much as he's been in the films, I mean, we've seen Falcon in a ton of films already, but we don't really know who he is. Like, you're right. We've just seen that surface level version of him, right? He's just, he's just Captain America's friend. He's just um, a military veteran, but we, we had never met his family. We had never uh, found out much about his personality other than that, you know, he's, he likes to drop quips and, and, and make jokes, crack jokes. But yeah, nothing too deep, but I feel like right away this series is doing that. Like we're getting to know him as a main character. So yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. So moving on now, we're catching up with winter soldier. Finally, right? Bucky Barnes is now in regular therapy. Uh, he's attempting to make amends for his past the best he can, you know, seeking out people whose lives he's affected and, and trying to right some wrongs. Right. What, what did you think about that? What do you think about this little therapy session?
1: Well, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because the way we get introduced to the Winter Soldier is he's got the long hair from the Winter, you know, Cats America Winter Soldier. He's the same guy. He, he actually would have been quite all right these days, Brett, because he's got the full face mask on and everything, you know, in the COVID times. He could have got away with some of the things <laughs> he did. But, um, but yeah, yeah he, he, he has an assault on a hotel, takes out a load of these different people, and then we see it alludes to that he kills this young Asian lad. And mm-hmm. then he wakes up. He sees her, and then he's in the therapy. And the therapist is pretty good because she just questions him straight away. Have you had another nightmare? And he's like, "No." She went, "Don't lie," you know. And she gives him, and she's obviously an ex-soldier. And and that dialogue with the psychiatrist and therapist is brilliant. Like it, you get a bit of Sebastian Stan. He gets a bit of humor in there as well. He's cracking a couple of jokes, even though it's serious. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he's got a list, and he's trying to make amends into him, and, and sort of. He is a, a, a he has a like three stage programme that he's got to try and follow or three rules he's got to follow. and um, he's not really allowed to hurt anyone. And and I'd like the way it introduces him because he it's difficult, I think, in a lot of these movies, Brett. He's he's done some really bad things, and it's very rare that someone who's done bad things. I know we haven't seen a lot of him because it's a lot off camera a lot, and it was mainly in Winter Soldier, but he's had 90 years of just being horrible to people and killing people, being an assassin. And it's a bit yeah. like what happened with Ben Solo in, in um, Rise of Skywalker. You know, everyone wanted that redemption for him, but he gets mm-hmm. it, spoilers, and then he gets taken out of the game straight away because you can't really... He's killed that many people in the years in the galaxy that it's going to be hard to say, you know what, we'll just forget about that. You know, so it's always going to be a story out with him. So I'm interested how they build on Bucky Barnes and how... They justify the stuff he's done, even if he is making amends. So, so I think that sways for me, that he probably won't be Captain America. But I'm, I like him as a character. I like Sebastian Stamm as an actor as well. He's great. Yeah,
0: I, I'm loving the therapy. Um, I think that it, it's cool that he has these rules he's supposed to follow, right? He, uh, number one, he can't do anything illegal. You know. Number two, he's not allowed to hurt anyone. And number 3 he has this little speech he has to say, right? He has to say, "I'm no longer the winter soldier. My name is Bucky Barnes and you are part of my effort to make amends." Like I I don't know, it just feels very 12-step program. I found it pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, and, and and right away we see that he's not quite, I mean, he's not he's not necessarily breaking the rules, but he's definitely bending them, right? He's yeah. having a little bit of fun yeah. with this thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he is and he captures that woman does not he? he goes to the flash a flashback where he's he's basically some woman who, who abused the power he's set up with the police and, and everything and they've they or the FBI and they've caught they've caught her and that so so yeah we that's when we get the hum- humor again and and then obviously we we get from the psychiatrist thing we meet Yori don't we?
0: Yeah yeah so right after that he's out to lunch with this older Asian gentleman uh named Yori and We very quickly, you know, because Steve kind of has these little, like, the guy talks about his son who has been murdered. And so we we put it together that, you know, uh, Bucky, back when he was Winter Soldier, killed this guy's son. And that's what we saw in the nightmare earlier. Now we're like, so what is he doing here? I mean, I guess he's, this is him trying to make amends somehow, but doesn't really know how to handle it.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know what, though, actually, Brett, I missed the, the connection with Yuri and Bucky. I didn't even think, when we first got introduced and he was having the argument with Unique down the um, alleyway about the rubbish, all the garbage in, in the bins and stuff, because he was so old and he looked like late 80s, maybe even 90, Yuri. I thought, is it somebody that Bucky and Steve had rescued in, like, one of the wars, you know, like... After, obviously, we won't oh. Steve died. You know. Steve got frozen. At first, I thought he was lucky there was going to be some flashback and it was going to be a, a bit like um, what happened in, you know, the Wolverine when he goes to Japan and he rescues that yes. guy, doesn't he, in uh, Vietnam, doesn't he, the, the guy who wants forever life and all that. And he, he rescues the young soldier and they become friends and he, he grows past him. And that's what I thought he was at first. And it was only when he went on the date here because Yuri sets him up, and then he came to his, his apartment. I would missed. That. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna minute. It's that's who it is." So, that, so it took me a while to be fair to Cotton On because I kept thinking this was a young kid he'd rescued years ago.
0: Oh well, yeah, yeah. I kind of I don't know if they showed it directly, but I feel like I picked up on that like right away because the old man is talking about his son mm. when they're sitting in the bar. Um, he's talking about his son who died, and so. Yeah, I think I put it together a little quicker, but, but yeah, that's what we're dealing with. He has murdered this guy's son, and for no reason, apparently, right? His son was just a, a witness, an innocent bystander who, the, you know the winter soldier couldn't allow to live, you know, to tell anyone else that he saw him there. So yeah. it's great. I'm loving what they're doing with the the winter soldier character, uh, with Bucky Barnes, really. And and how they're showing, you know, how he's dealing with. Like he's kind of you remember how Captain America w- was when he first arrived uh, in in the new world, right? When when he he'd been frozen for ninety years, and now he's dealing with what the world is like now. Well, we're dealing with that now with the, the Winter Soldier's having that same experience because he's just now kind of, um, you know, just coming to terms with the fact that. He hasn't had a life he's it's a brand new modern age. He hasn't had any kind of life since the 40s and he's trying to adjust to it. I just think it's great moving on from that. uh, We go back to Sam and we learn that he has a sister. uh, He's from Louisiana and we get to meet his sister, some of his family. And I got to say, man, these actors there's this is seriously believable family dynamic going on right brother and sister relationship uh the way they go back and forth the banter how they argue you know it's great it it feels legit that these actors are doing a wonderful job
1: yeah and I, i'll vouch for that i'm sure you will Brett. i've got five sisters and three brothers so um this sort of connection. And the way, what I liked about it is because it's, as I said before, it's giving Sam's a proper personality. He's not just this soldier. He he is a normal guy. And when he's at the fishing bay and he's talking to his sister and and she's sort of running this whole fishing trawler business that mum and dad did, he's... He's like, "This is half my stuff," and she's like, "Well, no, uh, we're going to sell it." And he's like, "No, no, no, we're going to make a success." And 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 you're right that the, the acting is brilliant because it's convincing because these are realistic stories that you would have for your family when someone passes away. This is the sort of thing that happens, doesn't it? Because if they've got a few kids, everything gets split and whatever decides, you know, attorney power and all that stuff. So so I found that really I found this probably one of the best bits of the the episode because it gives some proper understanding of of. Sam, his family, and the dynamics. You met his nephews. He mentions that earlier that he, his nephews are babies before he disappeared for five years, now the young men. Then his sister. And, and I must admit, Brett, one of the best bits, this whole thing with his sister is when he goes to the bank. The bank manager just, just plays an absolute mm-hmm. idiot really well, mm-hmm. you know, really well. And, and, and obviously, Sam is trying to get them this loan off the back of his name. And it's really interesting. Right yeah
0: yeah and i thought it was great how you know the the banker um he's he's happy as hell to be sitting here talking to, to the falcon um but yeah the the falcon name does nothing in terms of getting a loan like when you don't have a, a work history to speak of for the past five years and you don't have any credit buildup, up uh you still can't get a loan doesn't matter if you were an avenger or not yeah i thought that was hilarious
1: it, it was good and then he wants a picture with him and he's like no like get out of it sort <laughs> of thing that was interesting one of the lines was good. Was one of them where the bank manager says what we all think about superheroes. We know Tony Stark. is a you know he's a billionaire and everything, but or he was at this time. Obviously, he's not alive. But it's, it's when they say like, how, how do you make money? And it, and you know all you get off Sam is oh, it's just off people's goodwill and stuff. You know they they sort of right. everyone wants to know what sort of money do the superheroes make? You know, and this was great because it's like you just said he saved the world from Thanos and his army and just destroying planet earth but he can't get alone <laughs> you know it's really mad
0: yeah yeah i thought that was great and, and it kind of alludes to the fact too that we're in a different world now too because clearly the avengers were were kind of funded by tony stark as well you know and um yeah. you know now without tony now without uh the rest of the avengers were kind of left with like well how do we How do we do this? How do we make a living? Like we're back to we're dealing with real life problems in this series. Like and as you and I talked about earlier, it's like, um, you know, the stories are very grounded, even though they're superheroes, they deal with real life struggles just like you and I do. And it makes the feel, you know, it makes the story feel more real. And I just enjoy that. And I think this series is doing that man, maybe even better than the Cap films. Like it's digging in a little more to the, to the real life stuff.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because I think the Bucky Barnes stuff as well, you said earlier about when Sam gets taken out the plane, it's very similar to Cap and stuff when, he's, when he does the same thing and just falls out the plane. But what Bucky Barnes is going through is very similar to what Captain America went through the first Avenger because he moves 70 years forward. And you get that whole scene where he's walking in Times Square, don't you? You know, that's like, there's it, it, the whole coming forward and how he moves with the times. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he's he got to move 70 years forward, and all he wants to do is go back. And I think that's where Bucky is slightly. There's very good parallels. Both of them have got story arcs that have been taken from the Captain America trilogy, which is great, because Bucky is the same as Stevie. He wasn't frozen, but he was, his mind was taken over. It took nearly 90 years for him to uh, become who he is.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I think the series is doing a really good job at giving us some of the old and some of the new, right? So they're doing all those callbacks, like you said. Like We've got, uh, we've got Bucky dealing with the same problems that Steve dealt with, uh, and then we've got um, this idea of, of Sam... Is is kind of taking over as Captain America, but not quite ready to do it. You know, it's a lot to live up to. Um, but we keep getting all these callbacks to the old, to the old films, and the old feel. But then we get these these little the, these little like now stories too. Like, oh, this is after the blip, and we're dealing with real life problems. So I think they're doing a nice blend here, where where they where they're blending. That old feel of the Captain America films with this new world that we're in now, and and dealing with new characters, you know, I I just think it's good. I think they're doing, they're doing it well. Like they're not doing too much nostalgia, right? But it's just enough to ease us into this new story. I, I think they're doing a great job.
1: Yeah, I do as well. I do, and and I know we were talking between some of the mm-hmm. comics in motion guys. This was supposed to be the first thing... Of, release wanted not one division but they changed it round yeah. slightly so so that's interesting yeah. but but i do think i think you're right i think i think it's laying the marker down this the rest of this series this is brilliant this first episode but the rest of this series if it carries on in this vein it could go down as one of the best series ever you know like on disney or any superhero i oh, love yeah. i always say it daredevil series 1 and 3 fantastic mm-hmm. the mandalorian great series this could be up there with them both
0: oh yeah i agree this it it's starting off um, really well. I mean, it's, it's definitely on the path to be something great. Couldn't agree more. Um, but, but jumping back into the story, we've kind of gotten off here a little bit, but we, we check in with Torres finally. And, uh, he's kind of embedded himself undercover with these flag smashers. Right. And they're, they're yeah. in Switzerland. They're causing chaos. Um, and, one of the members kind of, I don't know, they, they start a riot. They're they're causing some distraction so that the leader of these Flag Smashers can, I, I guess he robbed a bank. Is that what it was? He walks out with these big bags. I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming his cash. Um, and Torres tries to arrest him right there on the spot, and he quickly gets the hell beat out of him, right? In, in yeah. superhuman fashion, right? It, this guy seemed yeah. way stronger than a normal man. Like, there's definitely some super strength going on here.
1: Yeah, he's got, he's got the Winter Soldier vibe about him, and he? You know, the Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave actually said something, Brett, which was quite interesting, but I don't want to jump the gun with the story, but something to do is when we get introduced to a new character at the end, saying it's not the same person, is it? This guy who attacks Torres, is it not the same guy at the end of the episode? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, I've heard some people say say that that it could be the same person. Um it's a, it's an interesting thing. I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Sam dead set on not selling the family boat. He vows to find a way to make things work, right? They they can't get the bank loan and um so we're wrapping up that little story, right? It's like yeah, damn, we can't get the bake loan. What are we going to do? And Sam's like, "Don't worry, I'll make it work." And he gets a call from Torres. And well, okay. He did, I've got to say this because he didn't get a call. He got a text. All right. And I don't know if you notice this. I saw this on Twitter, someone pointed it out. Did you catch that in this text from Torres to Sam? The guy puts a hashtag in there?
1: No, did you no. Catch that? no,
0: no yes yeah, so, it's the weirdest thing like it says like call me i need to talk to you hashtag important like have you ever in your life no. seen someone use a hashtag in a text like
1: no like, what Never.
0: Is that? Never. that's ridiculous <laughs> so yeah hashtag important now i'm gonna be using that from now on i'm gonna be I'm gonna be hashtagging my text from now on. That, that that's oh. ridiculous. I think that's just gotta be a that's gotta be a writing a writing error, right?
1: <laughs> well, well in the UK, I don't know about yourself, Brett, but a lot of people don't even text anymore. In the UK, I would say ninety percent of people communicate through WhatsApp. Do you do the same in America?
0: Uh no. I do know that it it is popular here. I know that. But it's huge. No. I mean I personally it. don't.
1: Honestly, WhatsApp is huge in the UK. Everyone uses WhatsApp. Nobody uses text messages. The only people you get text messages from now in the UK are like, some, of, like, say, um, older parents or, you know, grandparents or people like people who are not really into, the, into you don't understand WhatsApp. But yeah, WhatsApp's in the, WhatsApp in the UK is huge. Everyone uses it. No, if you're not in a WhatsApp group, there's something going on. Everyone's in different groups. It's, it's ridiculous in the UK.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling a little attacked here, Chris, because I, I think I'm one of those old people. I'm like, I'm still on Facebook. I don't use WhatsApp. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're younger than um, me, Brett, I think, so you're okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need to get with the times. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So what? wait a minute. Now, so this is going to age me even more. This is going to make me seem even worse. Um, so what's the difference with WhatsApp compared? Is it voice messaging? Is it
1: video you know, messaging? Both. I think it's the, you can transfer with WhatsApp. You can transfer media, pictures, videos, everything. Because mm-hmm. obviously with a lot of the phone contracts in the UK, they charge you for sending picture messages or videos. Well, WhatsApp's all controlled by your data or over Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So people send files, music, whatever. You can do all that. You know, there's loads of jokes and stupid things go across WhatsApp, definitely. Not for the faint-hearted, okay. some of them, Brett. But it's, it's a lot easier to communicate than it is over text messaging these days. You know what?
0: I think that may – I think we may have found the difference here because there's – over here, there's nothing that prevents you from sending video or – I mean, like I guess it uses – it may use your data. Yeah. Um but it would yeah. do that. it would do that regardless even even if you were using whatsapp, it would use your use yeah. your data but I think um, as you were saying, like there's a you get kind of charged for sending messages and pictures and whatnot yeah um where that's not a thing here, like I could send as many messages and pictures as I want. it doesn't charge me
1: right
0: so maybe that's yeah, maybe that's the thing, maybe that's why the people there have kind of moved over to whatsapp because it's yeah, it's cheaper to do so,
1: right. Yeah, and you can do, like, Skype. You can do video calls and conference calls. So you so see, you can have, like, you, I have a group to work and that. So we might have four or five people in there. We all love football, you know, soccer. And mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon when all of the soccer's, most of it's on on a Saturday, we're all there abusing each other and giving each other stick because people support different football teams. You know, so it, that's a great interaction because a text is usually a one-to-one thing, whereas in WhatsApp you can have 10 people in a group or more, you know, you can have as many people as you want in these groups. So it's really good way. My family does it. Mm-hmm. These, um, say, I'm the oldest of nine brothers and sisters. So all us lot are in there. My wife's in there. My daughter, everything. So we've got about fifteen people in these groups. It's great. It's a great mm-hmm. way to communicate with the family. So yeah, I think that's a good way.
0: Well, that's cool. Okay, so so it's 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 more of um it's more of a community thing. I, I get yeah. it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I and mean, that so, so now I'm gonna have to get with the times and, and check out WhatsApp, see what it's all about.
1: We'll have to, I'll have to get uh, you in one of our groups, definitely. For sure.
0: All right, so let's see. He he. After the hashtag, uh, he, <laughs> he fills in Sam about the Flag Smashers, right? He sends this video of it, and Sam comments on how strong the guy looks. You know, just like we were saying, he looks incredibly strong, this guy who beat up Torres. And did you catch this? Uh, Torres, like... You know, Sam's looking at this guy's like, man, he seems he seems awfully strong. And then Tora starts to ask him a question. He says, uh, hey, you don't think he could be a... And then Sam cuts him off and kind of ends the conversation. What do you think he was going to say there? He was going to say super soldier?
1: I think so. I think so. Yeah. Bucky yeah. Barnes' job. I think exactly the same. And that's why he stopped him, didn't he? Because he'd asked earlier in the show, Torres about... Steve saying mm-hmm. we heard that you flew into the moon. <laughs> it's just like yeah. what? You know, so I agree. I think I think the good thing is with Torres, Dave was telling me actually that Torres apparently plays the Falcon in some of the cartoon, in the, some of the comics. It, Sam becomes Captain America and he becomes the Falcon, Juan Torres. So I, I didn't even know that. So he said he may never do it in this series, but it's the fact that the mm. Easter egg nodding to the, the original material, which is great.
0: Look, Dave is always coming through with that deep cuts comic book knowledge. Like he knows a lot more than I do when it comes to the source material. Like he's schooling me all the time on stuff. So you got a great co-host over there for a, for a comics, you know, comics and media podcast because they've, he really knows his stuff. Um, I didn't know that at all, but it makes sense. And I feel like they could, if they wanted to transition and make Falcon become cap and then have Torres Take over the Falcon mantle. That mantle that would work pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it would. To be fair, and and I think you're right. The flag smasher stuff's great because this is going to be something that runs through the series. I think as we go on into it, we're going to have to find out who these are. There's got to be a big showdown with the bad guys, definitely.
0: Now we get the big reveal at the end, right? Where it turns out that the shield that Sam donated to the museum, well, it's no longer at the museum. it's, it's been given to a brand new Captain America, who's he's like they bring him out on TV. It's this big moment, and um, I know just from hearing others talk about it that this is supposed to be U.S. Agent, right? Yeah. Now, and I, I don't know. As you were asking earlier, I don't know. Is this the same guy uh, that is leading the Flag Smashers? Is it the same man? I don't know. It, it seems like they want us to believe it's not because they're they're a world away from each other, right? We just saw the Flag Smasher causing. Problems in Switzerland, and then immediately right after, we're seeing this guy being revealed. I guess probably in Washington D.C. So they're at least wanting us to believe it's not the same person, but who knows? It it could definitely be the same person. Now, I assume that this is U.S. agent. I don't know if they're the same guy, but one thing I do know, (laughs) and tell me if you agree: this guy, when they bring him out in the Captain America costume. Does he not have the most punchable face you've ever seen
1: <laughs> yes he He's he good... is. yeah he is he <laughs> but when he comes out, it's like when you've ordered something off Amazon and when it actually arrives, <laughs> <the> picture's nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing nothing like it because i i I kept looking at his jawline and his face again. I know that guy, and he he mm-hmm. was in goon the second goon when we saw um. It's called Sean Patrick Scott, is it? You know, Stifler, out of uh, American yeah, yeah. Pie. And he's Wyatt yeah, yeah. Russell, isn't it? It's Kurt Russell's son, Goldie Horn's son. That's who's playing him. It's John Walker's the character he's playing. He's super, like you say, Super Patriot, US agent. So, so uh, what a completely different guy. You know, Chris Evans has got that model looks, and then they pick this guy. Who you just want to hit with a baseball bat. It's a very strange casting, but I think yeah. on purpose as well. A really, really good casting. I think he's going to be horrible.
0: Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think he's going to do probably a great job. I mean, I I don't know much of his previous acting or anything like that, but they're not going to pick someone who's lousy. Um, I'm sure this guy's going to make a great antagonist. I mean, we're assuming he's probably an antagonist. I know that in the source material, um, he's a little bit of both. Sometimes he's kind of a good guy, and sometimes he's not so good. Um, But, man, he just looks he just looks really off in that captain America costume. Like his face doesn't fit it at all. It looks, um, you know, what it looks like, I think you said, um, it, it's like when you order something on Amazon and it comes in a very different, uh, a <laughs> very different look. Um, I would say it's kind of like, you know how you have mainstream, um, brand action figures. Yeah. But then sometimes you go to, um, a dollar store Yeah. and yes. they have action figures as well, <laughs> but they're kind of like, <laughs> they have like that soft face and it's not really quite the same thing like that's him yeah. right this is not not my Captain America
1: it's very good that breakfast like you'd see an incredible Hulk figure in these dollar pound shops and he's it, mm-hmm. called like the incredible bulk or something you know he's just yeah, like yeah. proper cheap fake it actually looks I, I think Dave summed this up quite well when we did ours Dave said it actually looks like it's say one of us going to a fancy dress party as Captain America. It, it doesn't fit him. The mask doesn't fit him. It just looks like we're going, I'm, I'm Captain America and I've hired this from a fancy dress store. You know, it's going to be interesting how they play that out and what sort of powers or strengths he's got. I know he's supposed to be some super soldier, but I think he literally plays it all down the line from reading the bios on the character and stuff. So, I'm with you. Is he going to be a goodie? Is he going to be a baddie? I think he's, he, he very much plays... Sort of bad guy role, but within the good guy's side, if that makes sense. You'll literally follow every single rule. So it's gonna be good how they do it and, and how as the series progresses, is he then gonna swap over? Is he gonna be a bad guy?
0: Yeah, you know what I you know what kind of vibes I got from this almost immediately when they brought him out. Um Homelander. Oh yes, yes. You it's think so? Like I you think yeah, yeah. Like um, if 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 no one knows what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the the series, the boys, which I think is one of the best series in a long time and kind of a more man. It's like the boys is like if superheroes were real, you know what I mean? Like if superpowers were a real thing, I imagine it would play out much like the boys, like people would be wildly corrupt with their powers. And um, yeah, this this U.S. agent, this this new Captain America, he kind of reminded me, or made me at least—we don't know yet. All we've seen is his dumb, stupid face, but <laughs> it, it made me immediately think
1: of Homelander from The Boys. Yeah, uh, you know that—that's a great call. That. I didn't mention The Boys earlier, but The Boys is as good. I think The Boys second series was better than Daredevil. I love The Boys. It's, Anthony Starr yeah. I follow on Twitter and I, and I follow like Carl Urban and um, Jack Thingy who plays Huey as well. I think they're great guys but Homeland is one of the best bad guys I've seen for a long time and if this guy can replicate that while still having the public support but in the background he's an absolute horrible horrible guy then we mm-hmm. could be onto something big with this series definitely.
0: Alright so as we're starting to wrap up here uh, I want to say something about how I'm going about this after watching WandaVision, I've kind of decided not to go too crazy with speculation and theory. You know, I'm kind of Mephisto and nightmared out at this point. Yep. Yeah. It honestly, like I felt like all the speculation throughout WandaVision, it was just too much. You know, it, it took a lot of the enjoyment out of it. Don't get me wrong. I love trying to figure things out week to week. It's what this podcast is all about. It's what being a fan is all about. But I do kind of feel like that final episode of WandaVision as good as it was kind of, it would have been even better if I hadn't put so many wild expectations of it, you know going into it, you know, it's like when none of the fan theories paid off, I felt a little bit let down. I don't feel like it was the series fault uh, at all really. I think it was just I mean, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect series, but it was really well written. It's a great story, great acting, but I don't know. I feel like it's, it's my own fault. I kind of built up too much and expected all these wild things. I, I expected a Magneto maybe to show up or Mephisto to be a villain, or you know, I expected a bit too much, and I let myself down at the end of that series. So I've kind of decided. I'm going to try and ignore or dismiss most of those like grandiose theories when it comes to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and going forward, really, because when people come at me and say like, oh, this X-Men character is going to show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, I kind of got to ignore that for my own sanity. Like, what do you think? Did you run into that at all with WandaVision?
1: I'll tell you why I'm quite lucky, Johnny. Similar, but also I don't read comics, do I? I'm not a comic book reader i haven't read them for years i'll read them when we're going to do a review and i enjoy them but if i have spare time like dave will he'll play a bit of the playstation and stuff but he will read he'll read a lot of graphic novels comics everything. i don't I have, I have i've got a few in my house and a few that i've enjoyed going through and everything but my other hobby more than anything is computer games so no, video games so i am like every you know i've got the ps5 i've got the xbox series x That is my wheelhouse. Like, I literally game all the time. When I've got half an hour to an hour, I will be gaming. So I have not got the baggage that everyone else has got. So when everyone was saying, like, Mephessa, like you just said, and all this, all I'm looking for is a Luke Skywalker cameo. Like, you know, a bit of a, I don't know. They were all saying it was going to be Magneto, you know, Ian McKellen, it was going to be Michael Faustbender, you know, people like that. Great. We we speculated on it. I was like, oh, great, great. But I don't know anything about any of the comic book stuff. So for me, I'm just like you. I just take it episode by episode. I did get caught up a little bit in wonder because I did feel a little bit shortchanged at the start. But then as it went on, I really enjoyed it. I do think the last episode, and I know COVID played a big part in it. The last episode was great, but I don't necessarily think it finished the story. As such, I know mm-hmm. they finished it, but I never felt complete. Even though I enjoyed the series, so so with this, I don't know. I'm not expecting any cameos. I'm not expecting what they're going to do. We may see something. We, I mean, because in Wonder they did introduce after the second episode, we literally got mid-credit scenes. We didn't in this one, but we may do it after the first episode. I so don't know. I'm presuming the last episode there's going to be some sort of mid-credit spoiler uh, reveal or something. So so we'll see. But I'm with you. I'm I'm tempering my sort of um, expectation because at the end of the day, you're not going to get a Luke Skywalker like we did at Mandalorian. Not, not at all. Whether you like that or not, it was still really good the way they did that.
0: Going into this, I mean, months back, like way before we even got WandaVision, people were saying, oh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, it deals with the Super Soldier serum. So it, it could lead to Wolverine being introduced. Like, you know, it, things like that, that yeah. really w- would get my hopes up um but i've really gotta i gotta not buy too much into that or else i'm gonna ruin it for myself you know i'm just i'm gonna be happy (laughs) i'm gonna be happy to just be a fan of this show because so far it's really good and i don't want to put too much on its shoulders like i did with wandavision
1: yeah yeah i think you're right i think you got to take every episode as it comes
0: Mm -hmm. all right um All right. So kind of a final question before we before I release you back into the wild here. Um, (laughs) Do you think uh, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but do you think Sam eventually does take up the mantle in this series or. Do you think it'll end before that happens, you know, or will he ever maybe 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 he'll never uh, maybe he'll just stay the Falcon, but I don't know. What do you think?
1: I think what what I'd said earlier I'll stick to is I think he's he's unwillingly going to become a version of Captain America. Maybe, maybe because this John Walker, Captain America, they've just introduced, he's so bad. Him and Bucky are like, this is just tarnishing Steve's memory. We need to, you know, understand that Captain America isn't about this guy. I'm going to yeah, you know, because we do we have seen some trailers later on in the series where they have actually got the shield, so they, they obviously must take it back off him unless they have another one. Uh, you know, another vibranium shield. So I think that he may do by the end episode, but he won't necessarily wear the suit. And then that's where you may see him develop more in some of the films that are coming in the next phase. But either way, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And I think we've just said about speculating. Well, that's probably my only real. Uh, Wish speculation is how are they going to tie Sam into being Captain America So that's a a great question that Brett Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah yeah I hadn't thought about That with the shield though we see them Playing with that shield a lot in the trailers And Yeah how's that going to happen how are they going to get That thing back or yeah is there another Shield I don't think there is I don't think there's Another one like Cap destroyed one of them In a battle or Thanos did um, And then he got a replacement from Iron Man and then I'm pretty sure that one got destroyed as well I don't I don't know I don't don't know what's going to happen with the shield I don't know if there's 10 shields uh, if they steal it back what's going to happen but yeah it's interesting man I, I think that I think you're probably right where I'm not sure if they'll completely resolve whether or not he's cap by the end of this series I think that it might play out in films to come so yeah Chris this has been awesome, man, as I knew it would be. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and, and don't be a stranger, dude. I'd love to have you back for one of these other series for, for What If or Loki or something like that. I'd love to have you come back.
1: Get me on for Loki, Brett. Mark it down because yeah. I'm really excited about that one. Get me 100%. I'll come back on, mate. I love it. I mean, I loved it today just chatting about this. Just two friends just chatting openly as well and I, I do love the podcast i've got into it over the last few weeks so thank you for having me on and uh i just think that my episode was better than when you had dave on so that's, that's all that matters <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll make sure that he hears hey, if he, even if he doesn't listen i'm going to send him this little segment here <laughs> where we talk about how much better your episode is than the one he was on all right <laughs>
1: but no loki get me in there brett definitely all
0: right thanks chris we'll talk to you later man take care All right, ladies and gents, that is going to do it for the conversation with Chris. I really hope you enjoyed hearing it as much as I enjoyed having it. But one last thing before I wrap this up. We had an email this week from Steve Banvard that I wanted to include because there are some things he mentions that we didn't really touch on in today's episode. And it's something I feel really adds to the conversation. So here we go. Steve writes, And hang in there, because this is actually two emails combined that he sent. And um, I want to read them word for word. So hang with me. Steve says, After Marvel's fabulous television show debut on Disney Plus with WandaVision, I'm fully on board with this latest Marvel installment. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is very much a reset for these two characters following Avengers Endgame. Both men, victims of the Thanos blip, are trying to find their place in the world, a world without Captain America. My only concern with the first episode is the pacing. Within the first 10 minutes, we are treated to a high-intensity aerial dogfight of Falcon flying from a plane to another plane, to a helicopter, to a helicopter, and through death-defying canyons, all while avoiding gunfire and exploding missiles. It's a real special effects-laden spectacle, then, for the remaining 40 minutes, the wings are put away, and the rest is all rather mundane in comparison. Therapy sessions and, and applying for bank loans. With the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I expect a more grounded story, so maybe there's not a real opportunity for big, spectacular action sequences going forward. And this was their one chance to go big. A purposeful, though you know, possibly misleading, decision. And that brings to question do you think anything else in the next 5 episodes could top that first 10 minutes of episode 1 did the falcon and the winter soldier falcon and the winter soldier prematurely blow their special effects load too soon and will viewers feel disappointed that the rest of the season does not equate to what was promised by those first 10 minutes also I want to take a moment to talk about some missed opportunities to address race. As the previous Marvel properties featuring titular black protagonists, neither the two seasons of Marvel's Luke Cage series on Netflix nor the Black Panther movie were shy to acknowledge black culture and certain racial inequities found across America, whether it be East Coast Harlem or West Coast Oakland. So it's a bit glaring when race is not addressed in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's a brief scene in episode one with Rhodey and Sam. If we consider Iron Man and Captain America the two pillars of the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we finally have a scene with War Machine, the Black Iron Man, and Falcon, the air apparent Black Captain America. Yet, neither man acknowledges the importance of this interaction. Then... Later in the episode, Sam and his sister are rejected for a bank loan. This scene, coupled with all Ms. Wilson's previous attempts to get the loan, has undertones of systemic racism, yet it's never openly called out as such. And that brings me to this question. Are the Disney Plus producers purposely avoiding discussing race? And going forward, will race be addressed or further ignored, as Shirley Falcon and John Walker, U.S. agent will come to a head <clears throat> all right Whew. all right a lot to address here <clears throat> first off and probably the easiest to answer did this series blow its whole load in the first 10 minutes and will the rest of the series have equal or greater action throughout um, I absolutely think there is no way this is the biggest and best action that we will see in this Disney and Marvel Studios. Like, there, there's no way that that's it. Disney and Marvel have a seemingly endless bucket of money to throw at everything, you know. And, and I think we're going to see plenty more throughout. Also, a lot of location shooting, which also costs quite a bit. And, and I think that Disney, they, they just want to tell a great story, you know. Cost be damned. I mean they're they're money smart. Don't get me wrong. No business can survive if you're not thinking about how much things cost. But um I think they're gonna make their money back and more, you know, with the content they produce, as evidenced by the fact that three of the top ten grossing films of all time are Marvel Studios films. And six, six of those top top ten films of all time are Disney films. So yeah, I, I think. I definitely think we're going to see more action. I definitely think we're going to see more special effects in this thing. All right. Now, on to the question that, that I think requires a little more thought and a little more nuance. And I wrote this down. So, you know, bear with me if, if it sounds like I'm just reading off a teleprompter, but I didn't want to miss anything. So the question was, are the Disney plus producers purposely avoiding race? And what are we going to see from that going forward? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, Disney and Marvel do not seem to shy away from these things in general. Um, you mentioned Black Panther and Luke Cage as a perfect example. I think they're just doing it more subtly, at least so far in this series. Um, you know, do they have to address it directly every single time a person of color is on screen? Uh, I, I don't think so. I You know, I feel like... They've discussed race in a very serious way in this cinematic universe, and I think they'll continue to do so. But ultimately, their job is to tell us a story, a superhero story at that. You know, the story gets top billing, you know, as it should. And also, you have to remember, this world is not the same world we saw in Black Panther or Luke Cage, you know, the, the human beings in this, or even even our world, you know, the human beings in this series are dealing with a much different set of circumstances. You know, maybe if something like the Thanos snap happened in real life, race would become less of an issue in society. You know, when, when something that gigantic and traumatic happens, it tends to bring people together. And, and you can imagine that the human race might maybe, just maybe, put aside such petty differences as race and ethnicity in a post-Thanos snap world. So, you know, that's another possibility. Uh, Maybe this world is faced with different kinds of problems now, you know, after the blip, uh, that we've never even considered. And, you know, the ridiculous problem that we have in our world now, in our real world, like, you know, judging people on the color of their skin, maybe it's a thing of the past in this world. I mean, I doubt it. I doubt it. I think they're going to continue to address um, all kinds of uh, inequities, right? I think that they will continue to do this. As someone in the forefront of cinema, I feel like they probably even feel obligated to. So I don't see them shying away from it. Um, But I don't know. It's something to ponder, I guess. You know, maybe the world is different than what we think of it as. Uh, But I do feel like they addressed it subtly. In the ways that you said, you know, through Sam and his sister not being able to get a loan. I mean, I think that pretty clearly at least points to the idea of systemic racism, um, if not directly. And I think that Disney and Marvel know that their audience is a smart one and and, and will pick up on these subtleties. I'm not sure race and prejudice and injustice has to be called out by name um, at every opportunity. And I think that, you know, don't get me wrong, I think it has its place, for sure. Uh, But I also think weaving it into the story subtly works well, really well, when your main goal is to tell this superhero story. I don't know. I I honestly, I really liked the way they did it. Uh, I liked that it was there, but that you didn't have to pull away from the story to address it. You know, the... they don't have to stop telling you this story to stop and make a point and then get back to the story. You know, it's clever writing and it's great storytelling. You know, um, Steve's email was quite impressive to me. I mean, he's, he has a way with words for sure. And he has some great insights. And I think I'm going to reach out to Steve and see if he wants to come on as a guest host, because he clearly, clearly loves the MCU. And he obviously has has plenty of fresh insight. So, yeah, like, why not? You know, let's get him on here. I've talked before about how you don't have to have any special credentials to come on this show. Like, just come on and nerd out with me about the MCU. It, it's a good time. So, you know, if you're interested, reach out and maybe you can come on here, too, with me. So, um, Steve, that's an open invitation, my friend. Um, I hope that you will come on in a future episode. All right. Thank you, Steve, for the email. I really appreciate it, and it was a great addition to the conversation. And if anyone else has anything at all to add to the conversation, you know, questions, comments, concerns, complaints, maybe you have complaints about the podcast, please get in touch. You can email the show at marvelpluspodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Real Brett scott. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and haven't already, please favorite or follow the podcast so you can get the new episodes every Monday when they when they first release. As always, if you want to help the show grow and reach a larger audience, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You know, share the episodes on social media. Also, if you want to drop a five star review over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, that goes a long way as well. Uh, we've got a few reviews over there so far, and I really appreciate the people you know who took the time to rate the show. Uh, so hopefully we can get some more going. I know that there are a million Marvel podcasts out there, so I really appreciate you checking this one out and giving it a go. And hopefully you'll stick around for more. Once again, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus.